You're now listening to Binge Brew Brain Podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending overeating, binge eating, emotional eating, and yo-yo dieting. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I hope you're doing great. In today's episode, I'm going to guide you through a process of building healthy habits. This episode will connect what you want with what you do. So it's going to be very, very actionable. And I'm going to ask you to take a piece of paper and pen and just make notes. Actually, I want you to write down answers to the questions that I'm going to ask you. But first, you need to pick uh, pick the habit. So maybe it's doing yoga, reading books, journaling, meditation, um, what else, what else? Walking outside, maybe starting some new hobby, maybe learning a new language. Of course, I'm all about healthy lifestyle, so it would be great if your new habit would be wellness related. And before we get started, I just want to caution you to do not expect that you're going to build your habits in like 30 days or so. It's not possible. It all depends on on the habit. So there are some studies saying that it actually takes 66 days to build a habit, but it varies between person. And of course, it varies uh, what kind of habit you want to perform, whether you do it just once a week or maybe you are doing it daily. Don't make any presumption of how long it's going to take you to build new habits. Okay, I hope that you already picked your your habit. And now I'm going to ask you the first question, which is who you wish to become. Yes, so we are trying to create identity-based habits. Why? Because they do cause lasting change. We can also focus on on outcomes, for example, like losing weight. We can focus on the process, for example, developing a meditation practice. But we can also change your identity by establishing the identity-based habits. And they are great because they change your self-image. They change your belief. And I'm going to give you an example so that you can see how powerful is, um, is basing your habits on your identity. So let's say that there's a person who is trying to quit smoking and somebody is offering them a cigarette. So imagine that they say like, oh, no, thanks. I'm just trying to quit. Like, how does it sound? Does it sound convincing for you? Because for me, it it doesn't. That person may actually decide to, okay, maybe it's going to be the last one. Maybe I can start from tomorrow. But they could also answer in a different way. For example, no, thanks. I'm not a smoker. You see, this is way more powerful because the moment they decided to quit smoking, they decided that I'm not a smoker. So the option of maybe maybe trying one more cigarette is not an option, right? Because they decided that they are not a smoker. So your goal maybe should not be to, to like run a marathon, but more like you want to become a runner. You have to decide the type of person you want to be. But also you have to prove to yourself that you are that person. You can prove that to yourself by having those small wins. Other identity-based uh, habits would be 
you are a horse rider, you are a musician, you are a podcaster, you are a reader. This is something I had to do, you know, I had to internalize the idea that, hey, I'm a podcaster, this is what I do. Once a week, I record something. And it's easier for me to establish a habit when I actually think about myself as a podcaster. But I'm going to be honest with you, I do not believe it yet. It's it's like, yeah, I sort of believe it, but I still have to train myself to, to believe that thought. And when we talk about identity-based habits, I see one problem. I, I haven't ever heard anybody else talking about this problem. But the problem is that we can sometimes use this identity uh, against ourselves. Once I worked with a lady who identified herself as a healthy eater. But anytime she would eat processed foods, she would beat herself up. She would feel maybe like a failure, like something that that she doesn't want to do. So she internalized the message that she is a healthy eater, that every time she ate something like processed food, she would just feel very bad. So she used this identity against herself. And I don't want you to do that. So you can set identity-based goals only when you know that it's gonna actually help you to establish that habit. And I've got additional questions for you so that we can get a little bit deeper into who you want to be. The, this question is, who is the type of a person who achieved the goal I currently have? And anytime you are faced with situation that you are not sure how to perform perform the habit you want to do, you can ask yourself, what would a healthy person do in this situation? If you want to become a better friend, you can ask yourself, what would a good friend do? You want to be more organized? What would an organized person do? What would a minimalist do? Or buy or not buy? So in this way, in the moment, you can remind yourself who you want to be. And there is another small trap that your mind will need an evidence to form and believe in your new identity. So as I told you with uh, with being a podcaster, right? So it's not enough for me to just call myself a podcaster for my mind to believe that new identity. I actually have to show up and record something to just gather that evidence and convince my brain that this is what we are doing. There is one more thing I want to say about habits, that your habits should be also intrinsic. Intrinsic goals are personally meaningful for you. And it doesn't matter what your mother thinks or what society wants you to do. Studying medicine just because your your parents want that and because they are medics as well. This is pretty bad idea. And also set goals that you can control. So let's say that my goal for the next month would be to sign up, let's say, 10 new clients. Honestly, I cannot control that. I cannot control how many people decide to work with me. But what I can control is how many offers I make to how many people I'm going to talk with. How many people I will invite to brainstorming session. 
So there are things that I can control and things that I cannot control. Let's take another example about weight loss. So you may have a goal to lose 10 pounds, but you don't know whether this weight loss will happen. But what you can control is what you put on your plate. How many uh, times you are going to eat homemade uh, meal? How many times you will go outside and walk? Those are the things you can control. Weight loss, not so much. Let's say that you play basketball and you want your goal is to win some championship and that requires you to win every match you have. Well, that's not really up to you because you it's the whole team that, that plays, right? So this is not a good goal to just win the, the championship. But you could uh, make it into an intrinsic goal. For example, uh, that you want to show up as your best self. Maybe you want to be the best shooting guard. So make your goals intrinsic. You can also make them identity-based. Yeah, that's that's it. That was the, the first step. So now you have your goal and you know what kind of person you want to be. And now we have to focus on the habit loop. Right now, I'm going to remind you how the habit loop looks like because based on that habit loop I'm gonna I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that we that will guide you how you should build your habit. So the habit loop looks like this. First there's a cue and cue prompts you to make a routine and after the routine is performed there's a reward. We could get a little bit deeper into it. So first we have a cue then we have a craving the craving uh, could be a feeling, it could be a thought. Usually it's just, uh, it's just a mixture of both. It's, it's your desire to change your internal state. And then after the craving, we've got the response. And after the response, there is a reward. So if we want to build a new habit, we have to base it on this habit loop. So we know that we need a cue and we need to make this cue obvious. We know that there's this craving, so we may have to make this habit attractive. We know that there is a specific response and to build this habit, we can help ourselves by making this habit easy. We also know that in the habit loop, we've got a reward. So to build a new habit, we have to make this reward satisfying. So now I'm going to ask you additional questions that will help you to establish this habit. So the second question is, when and where are you going to make a habit? And you can use if-then formula because this if-then formula, it creates association between a certain situation and your habit and the desired behavioral response. And if you make this habit more often, if you perform it more often, then it becomes more and more automatic. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. If I'm at home and I want to have dessert after dinner, then I will make myself a fruit salad. I will meditate on Tuesday at 5 p.m. I will spend one hour on Sunday morning walking outside with my dogs. I will pack my lunch for the next workday after the kids go to bed. So you see, in these cases, we know exactly 
when the habit will be performed. So now you have to ask yourself, when and where do you want to perform your habit? And when you know that, you can ask yourself, how can I stack this new habit on another existing habit? Because the truth is that it's the easiest way. Because if you already have one established habit, you can just stack a new habit on another one. You have lots of habits. You may not even realize it. Right now, I'm going to give you some examples. Brushing your teeth in the morning. It's a habit. Washing dishes after you you eat. It's also a habit. Watering plants once or twice a week. Going shopping, waking up. Find the habits you already have and then try to decide how could you stack a new habit on this existing habit. The next question I want you to ask yourself is how can you design your environment to support your goal? You have to make it visible. If you want to do the pull-up, maybe get yourself a pull-up bar. Maybe prepare some sport clothes. If you want to eat more uh, smoothies, put a blender and and make it visible. Put it on your countertop uh, in the kitchen. If you want to drink more water, get yourself a couple of uh, bottles of water and put one bottle in each room of your house. If you want to read more books, again, put uh, books in multiple places in your house. So now we've made your habit more visible and now we have to uh, figure out how we can make it more attractive. So I want you to ask yourself a question. How could you pair your habit with something nice or something you already need to do anyways? Maybe you like to watch Netflix so you could make a habit of walking on a treadmill every time you you watch Netflix. Maybe once a week you get your um, nails done. (laughs) Then once a week you could also visit the gym. Maybe you sometimes wait uh, for the water to to boil because you like to drink hot tea. What you can do during this time is you can do some push-ups. When you go to sleep, you could do a gratitude practice. When you're washing dishes, you can train mindfulness. So those are just a couple of ideas. Now into the next question. Can you join the culture when your desired behavior is the normal behavior and you already have something in common with this group? It's way easier to establish a habit when there are people who support you, when there are people who you can ask for some tips. They are doing exactly the same as you do. So maybe it's a book club runners club maybe it's an online forum maybe it's a facebook group maybe you want to eat more plant-based and going on some some kind of vegan festival would be a good idea and while talking about facebook group let me tell you that i have my own facebook group for all uh, people who are interested in what i do and the the facebook group is called binge proof brain community so if you would like me to support you on your wellness journey you are free to join our private facebook group and there you can receive additional support and now into the next question how can you reframe your 
thoughts. Because right now you might be thinking that you have to do this habit, I have to go to the gym. And that's not very motivating. Ask yourself, how do you feel when you when you think that thought that you have to go on a run? Probably not good, but you could reframe it and say to yourself, I get to go outside and build my endurance. How much better it sounds. It sounds like... Wow, I would even go outside, <laughs> but I'm, I, I don't want to run. But, but you know, it, it feels more inspiring when you think that thought. Next question, can you establish your own motivation ritual? For example, playing a specific song before work time. What I do is sometimes I use affirmations. So before uh, coming uh, here and recording a podcast, I asked myself a couple of questions and I told myself a couple of affirmations. Now I'm going to give you an example. What does my listener need to hear from me today? What positive changes happen in the world when I show up and record a podcast? I'm successful and I make a difference in the world. It's easy for me to get things done. I hope that you will find your own uh, motivational motivation ritual that will help you to perform your habit. Now on to the next question. How can you make your habit even easier? Let's say that you want to eat more fruits, but you don't want to cut them because it, it's, it's just messy for you. So maybe you could buy already cut fruit. Maybe you would like to exercise more, but your dumbbells are in the basement and they are so far away. What you could do is you could just bring them to your office. So making habit easier is crucial. And this is something I struggled with in the past because one of my goals was to record one YouTube video per week. And I failed because it wasn't easy. To record a YouTube video, you have to take the lamps out, you have to adjust the tripod, you have to do it in a certain time of the day. I had to wash my hair, put a lipstick on, put some decent clothes. There were just too many steps. It was too difficult for me. While now with the podcast, it's way easier because it's just audio recording. So I don't have to do all of those things that I would have to do if I would record myself on video. Now, next question. How can you prepare your environment for your new habit? Maybe you can lie down yoga mat. Maybe you can put a meditation cushion in the corner. Maybe you can prepare already workout clothes. Just prepare your environment for a new habit. Next question. Can you reduce your habit to two minutes? Yes, you've heard me right. Two minutes. It can be also three minutes, but it's important that the habit is very short so that you can actually build it and you do not feel discouraged. So at the beginning, your new habit should take less than two minutes to do it. It's not about the activity. It's about how you show up for yourself, how you build those new neural pathways. And remember that doing a little is not pointless change and changing your habits it's it's a spectrum so your two minutes on a treadmill bring you closer to a person who spends half an hour on a treadmill you can ask yourself how how's that possible well we are dealing here with the difference between action and inaction 
So spending two minutes on treadmill has a lot of similarity to spending 30 minutes on a treadmill, but it has nothing to do, nothing in common with sitting on a couch. As you know, maybe Newton's law. So Newton's first law of motion teaches us that an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion tends to stay in motion unless some other force shows up. So doing a little bit is still better than doing nothing. So in the future, you will be able to use this this momentum. And right now, you are just laying down the foundations. You are building those neural pathways and you you teach your brain to, to follow the plan. Your your prefrontal cortex is, is active because it, it builds this habit. So if you start small, this two-minute minute behavior at some point will transition into habit and your brain will have less drama about it. And remember, these actions should be really small so that you cannot fail. And those actions are not too small to skip them for special occasions. So this little two-minute habit you want to build, you should be able to perform it even during the most stressful day. Of course, you can do some, some bonus reps, but at the beginning, I would say just focus on a really tiny, tiny steps and it's possible to reduce this habit to two minutes and then slowly, when you feel more confident about doing it, then you can increase it. Now, the next question. Is there any app or device that could help you establish your habit? Maybe it's a meditation bell. I remember I once had an app on my phone that ring a meditation bell on a random random moments during the day. And that was really helpful because back then I wanted to, uh, to be more mindful uh, of how I feel, how I feel in my body. So this app just reminded me to do so. There are other apps. For example, the one that reminds you to practice your affirmations. Maybe you want to increase your activity and movement during the day and maybe something like Apple Watch that counts your steps could uh, help you to achieve your goal. Next question. Can you use a habit tracker? If you know me, you know that I love habit trackers and they are especially useful for habits that you want to perform daily. And it's great to see that habit streak that you've been doing an activity for 20 or 40 days in a row. And it's really great. And you can make also a rule for yourself to have maximum one day between performing uh, habits. So uh, let's say that one day you exercise, the next day you do not exercise, but because you have that rule, you know that the next day you have to exercise. So, So there can be only one day between performing habits that you do not do habit. But if it's like two days, then you are in trouble. <laughs> I really like this, this, this rule. But it works only with habits that you want to perform daily. Okay, now it's time for the last question. And this question is, how can you make uh, your habit more satisfying? 
So please remember that what is rewarded is repeated. What is punished is avoided. Another uh, quote is, people change best by feeling good, not by feeling bad. At the beginning of building your habit, I would recommend continuous reinforcement. So rewarding yourself every time you perform a habit. And it can be just um, just saying to yourself, you know, like, oh, good job, Natalia, you're doing great. Something like this is, is sometimes enough of the reward. And at some point of building your habit, you should change from continuous reinforcement to intermittent reinforcement. Because making this reward unpredictable, it can trigger in a way excitement, excitement about about that. And when you use intermittent reinforcement later, it will take longer for you to stop the behavior when reinforcement is removed. So this is also important because you probably, if if this is like long um, habit that you want to perform till the rest of your life, you can't always uh, reward yourself for, for it. So at the beginning, you always reward yourself. Then you uh, intermittently reward yourself. So let's say once you reward yourself, then not, not, then you reward yourself. And then you at some point you stop, stop, rain, stop this reinforcement. I mean, you can still reward yourself, but probably it won't be as important for you. And at the end, I want to give you a couple of signs that your behavior became a habit. So first of all, you, you are more confident to use identity statements like I'm a runner, I'm a writer. You don't feel this internal emotional resistance to admit that you perform those habits. Uh, the other sign is that it's just your default behavior. So let's say that every Tuesday morning you go to the gym. But when you when one week you have to pick up kids in the morning or take them to school, that feels odd to you. Like it was your default behavior to go to the gym. So now when you have to switch it and do not go to the gym, it feels odd. It feels comfortable for you to follow your routine. Another sign that your behavior is a habit is that you engage in this habit sort of mindlessly. Like you don't have much brain chatter. You don't argue with yourself. You don't need to make like real executive decision from your prefrontal cortex and you do not have to use your willpower to force yourself to do this habit. Also, you don't worry much about it. Even when you when you stop performing it for a while because uh, because the situation changed, you know that you're gonna uh, be back with it very very fast. So, for example, let's say that there's a person who eats healthy, but then they go on holidays, and if this is a real habit that they are eating healthy, then when I, when they are back from holidays, they will. Just just eat healthy. They will they won't worry about, you know, oh my god, how I'm going to switch again to healthy eating. They do not have this this mind drama. Also, it doesn't feel that much exciting. It just feels normal to, to eat healthy and they do not have to reward themselves. Moreover, I would say that there's not much emotion at all. Maybe if there's emotion, then it's probably just boredom because, you know, it, it's a habit. It's a habit. You're doing it automatically. So there's not much to 
to, to celebrate, to feel. But of course, you are going to be excited, but you are going to be excited about life because of the habits. You're going to be happy with the results that habit gives you, not with the behavior itself. I hope that you know what I mean. Okay, that would be all. And notice that in this episode, we didn't really talk much about the motivation because to build a habit, you don't really need motivation, but you do need commitment. I would love to hear what kind of habits you would like to build according to the questions I just gave you. So if you decided to use this episode to build your healthy habit, please make some pictures and tag me on social media. You can say just, hey, Natalia from Pinchproof Brain helped me to establish this habit. I would really love to know that, that what I'm doing, that the podcast episodes I release, that they are really, really helpful for you. Because after all, I want you to apply the information that you hear. That's why I decided to do today's episode very, very actionable. And I think that I might also record another episode, but about how to break a habit. Yeah, we will see. I cannot promise anything. At the end, I would like to add that today's episode was based mainly on the knowledge from three books about habits. Atomic Habits by James Clear, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, and Mini Habits by Stephen Guise. As you can see, all those guys recommend you to start small. We have atomic habits, tiny habits, mini habits. I wonder what's going to be the title of the next book about habits. Maybe it's going to be microscopic habits, maybe granular habits, nuclear habits. Those would be pretty small habits. Thank you so much for listening to me today and have a great day. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Pinchproof Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your application for my Pinchproof Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day.